0: Hello,
1: and welcome to Fixing the Broken World of Work podcast with me, Danny Dunhard, the founder of Focus.Business. I'm on a mission to fix the broken world of work. We've entered a world where the majority of us have had to work from home and against decades of management conditioning and expert advice, the majority of us made it work. And in some cases, we actually thrived. And now, many see no reason to go back to the old ways of doing things. We're about to embark on shaping the future of work for decades to come. Through designing what hybrid is going to look like, and how we're gonna make it happen. The podcast episodes are gonna to help to equip you to make work better, not just for today, but for the long term, and help to shape the future of work. The guests and I dive into company culture, organizational health, leadership, wellbeing, and the misunderstood business function that is strategy. Each episode is packed full of actionable advice and tips. So go and get your notepad or open up your notes app be inspired to make positive change. Obviously, we know each other, but the listeners don't. Do you want to give them your overview and why you do what you do, and who you are, and what motivates you?
0: Yes, yes, of course. I'll use um, I'll use something that I tried once before. See, you can give me some feedback on whether this works or not. But do you remember the amazing Phil Collins? I do. Right. So Phil Collins, he's got a band and he collaborates, and he's also a solo artist. And my band is The Genius Box, so I founded that 11 years ago. And there's a big team of us, and there's about 30 of us, I think, around the world, and we go and design and deliver projects that leaders want to happen in their business. Um, And that could be vision and strategy work, it could be project facilitation, it could be growing people's capability, helping them make creative connections at work. So that's the band, the genius box, and I head that up. And when it comes to collaboration, I will also partner up with senior leaders and work with them developing new business ideas, a bit of uh, sort of, I don't wanna say executive coaching because I'm not a coach, I don't have the patience for coaching, but I I will work closely with leaders and try and help them understand what it is that they want to do personally in their business help them articulate their personal visions and translate that into the work that they do. And as a solo artist, I will facilitate creative sessions on my own just to help people within business make new connections. So at the heart of everything I do, Dan, is helping people make new connections to inspire them to think differently about the work they do at home and at work. So there you go. How was that? That's brilliant.
1: I can I can safely say I've worked with Andy uh, and he helped me at a previous organization so he and his Avengers as he called it back then definitely did it and I've never worked with anyone uh, internally or externally that enables conversation as much and as as easily as you do so take that as a as a big compliment hopefully
0: thank you well it's a lovely way to start my week I'm, I'm, I'll happily listen to you stroke my ego for the next 50 minutes. <laughs> uh, brilliant. But yeah. So, so. So, and there was, there was another part of your question. It was why, why it is that I do what yeah. I do. Is that right? right? I think this is all about... Well, I, I started because it's the ultimate expression of personal creativity, isn't it? Starting your own business, I suppose. But I always I've always enjoyed being in the company of other people. I enjoy watching people solve problems. I enjoy being in that creative process. I enjoy, I'm fascinated by the the science of how the mind works and how that gets hindered or amplified in the world of work. So it seemed logical that if I could build a life around it that I could lead at home and lead with others, then that would be a very fulfilling way to work. So the world is full of problems and full of solutions and if i can be in that mix and if i can contribute to that narrative in a kind of productive way then that's a life well lived and um i guess at the heart of all all my business endeavors are what can we do in this situation right now to make better connections so that people find joy actually in the work that they do and, and one of the joy the quickest ways to get joy is to create something and i always watch my kids they you know when they were young growing up making things they would have joy instantly. I and mean, it just, just seems to me there's a lack of joy in work and it does happen, but it just takes a long time to get there perhaps. So if we can get joy back into work, that's good as well.
1: And with a lot of the joy, is there like a part of your secret sauce that you're willing to share or is there something that you think any, that will pull joy out of anyone's day or or work work life?
0: Oh, right, joy. I used to be a teacher and it's funny i've been watching uh on channel four recently educating essex it's like a rerun isn't it i mean that yeah. program was on 15 odd years ago do you remember yeah it's funny it was
1: really interesting and
0: i know yeah, brilliant and i was i'm watching it with my kids because the first time i saw it i didn't have kids and now i have kids of that age and we're all watching this as a family and listening to the teachers their vox pops about their responsibility and how they interpret the kind of the mantle of responsibility that society's put upon them. It's made me think about, well, what is the responsibility that I have when a business leader hands me his or her particular innovation challenge? It could be, you know, a team brand building project or facilitating a vision and strategy workshop or a long series of events that ultimately lead up to a, a program of work happening in business. And I've been thinking, our, they've got choice, haven't they, these leaders? They could go to a, a range of agencies and a range of consulting firms, but they've chosen us because I've managed to convince them either newly or because it's repeat work, that our, our formula brings that element of surprise and joy. And I think it's, it's a mix that we work hard at of understanding the client's problem and understanding what they want to do but without trying to, we can't solve it. I'll never know as much about the client's world as they do, but I can understand a lot about how to solve a problem. We try and add in a bit of social science so that we can just make them think a little bit differently because somebody somewhere else has definitely solved their problem before. I'm convinced of that. And we throw in a bit of uh, popular culture, a bit of nostalgia, uh, you know, references to TV or film or theater or music, something to help people make those connections. And if it's re-expressed in in an an accessible way with pictures and stories and music and drawings and all of these simple activities, I think that makes joy. I think that can be a joyful way to work, an inspiring way to work. And I hope that our work sticks out from emails and PowerPoints and Excel sheets because those are important, right? They help move information around a business, but they're not brilliant tools to collaborate. They're not tools to help you have ideas. I can't have an idea off a PowerPoint or an Excel sheet or an email, but I can have an idea from a conversation with someone. I can have an idea if I listen really hard to a leader and not interrupt them and just allow that free flow of conversation. I think that's, it's those little bits of new that I think are the value adding pieces of our experience. I hope that that's the
1: case. It's definitely anyway. something that I've obviously personally experienced and and had some experience being recommended and speaking to some of your other Avengers. It's something you and the team are uniquely good at is being able to get everyone involved and everyone being able to ideate because there's so many people that believe that they can't just come up with ideas. I think you facilitate that far better than many people that I've... That i've sort of experienced with or helped myself in in different workshops is there a thank you Dan. yeah is there sort of a perfect work day for you is there something that you, you was it workshop based is it talking to leaders what's your perfect work day
0: i think your obviously wake up at six in the morning you know breakfast with you know george clooney then get interviewed by radio four for desert island discs that would be quite a cool day wouldn't it but no my my days are perfect day. I think making progress, just making a little step forward in something. If there's, I don't know, maybe there's a dozen things going on in my world at any given time and laid out in front of me, they're a bit like a graphic equalizer and for young listeners to the show, you'll need to look what one of those up is on on the internet. But if I can just slide some of those channels up a little bit, make a little bit of progress. Variety, I think, is important. One doing one thing all day will make me quite tired and itchy pretty soon. So it's good to have a two or three things that are a bit different in a day. That's that makes for a perfect day. Because then, whilst I'm thinking about one thing or doing one thing, I, I can make connections about the other. I know the mind, the way that the mind works. That's quite good to do. And you were saying earlier about you were very kind, Dan, saying that we were good at making helping people make connections. I genuinely believe that absolutely everybody can have ideas because they, they do it all the time in the way that they lead their lives with their, their family, friends and loved ones. It's just sometimes they forget about that when they're hooked up in the world of work. But in, in it, and it is a cliche, everyone can have an idea, but you you genuinely can. I've not yet met anyone that can't make a new connection given the right circumstances. So if I can remind myself of that in a perfect day, that's good.
1: It's really it's an it's a fascinating point you said it, and i I completely agree anyone can have ideas. I think some of the best workshops that I've ever participated in or hosted there's one that really screams out that I ran in Germany, and it was around people just don't have the connection with other people that help nurture and bring out different ideas. You tend to just work with the same colleagues or it's on the same projects so you don't actually you'll instinctively take a role within that group but one thing that your workshops do is take different people from around the organization and that enables them to come up with different ideas or think differently and that's something that i think you do really well is there should be something deliberate or people should make a deliberate action to to integrate people differently and connect them differently within organizations to enable them to have better work or deeper connections or more more cognitive dissonance
0: yes i think it's important to mix project teams up i think that it, and we're all aware of the, the science of diverse thinking i think what that can get a little bit that strength can get overdone by people selecting complete randoms just to tick the diverse thinking box and it's it won't work you, you if we're having an idea on high, you know, a, a project about getting more power from hydrogen fuel cells, don't just grab hold of a teenage skateboarder and bring them in because then you've ticked your, your diverse thinking box. You have to think about what's at the heart of the challenge that we're trying to solve. Where else or who else has solved a challenge similar to this before and then bring people from that world in. I think that's a, that, that short circuits a lot of waste. But you only you only need a tiny bit of difference in order to make new connections. You don't necessarily need big different thinkers in order to make the big ideas. It's not it's not directly proportional. Your sort of naive experts, as it were, or your 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 guests for the day, the further they are away from your project, won't guarantee a, a weird and wacky idea. Remember, it's it's. It's just something that somebody says or a story that someone shares or an article that someone's recently read or a podcast that someone's just heard. You just need that injection of new. And I inferred in your story there, Dan, you know, project teams because they're with each other all the same time that they get into the rhythm of homogenizing, don't they? They read the same things and they start to talk about the same topics all the time and that, that worldview becomes particularly team centric so all the time you're just trying to break that that world view just adding a tiny percentage of difference into the mix a bit like dropping cordial into a pint of water right you only need a little bit of cordial don't you for the whole thing to be affected so just that th- that's a simple analogy i think that that works i'm right. definitely going to borrow the
1: cordial analogy i might even have to uh, record me doing it just to add different yeah. effects and flavor make
0: cordial yeah not pin. <laughs> like don't start chucking don't start chucking in all sorts of flavors because you just end up with a really messy project team don't you this isn't a question
1: i would have probably pla- planned but i know your role with a punches with with different teams and and different makeups and different organizations obviously you help i know you've helped the biggest to to some of like mid-tier to smaller businesses and some of the really big ones yeah. you've take them on a journey almost and your workshops are really fascinating put together and i've observed you guys for for about half an hour before the session starts and it's methodical the way that you deliver them obviously you've worked with each other numerous times do you think the there's a way that you can there's obviously hippo so the highest paid person's opinion often Mm. counts the most in your workshops you, you typically try and reduce that down or help other people integrate into the the workshop and have a bigger voice do you think that's something that you're it's a conscious thing that you do or it's something that you work on the group dynamics and understand that once you spend a little bit of time with
0: um so the question is about how do we manage the the hippos yeah and
1: how do you sort of get the best out of people that don't necessarily have don't feel like they always have a voice or the, or the, the yeah. same level of voices as, as a hippo
0: yeah, so it's, it is con- it is it is a, a conscious part of the design is over, a pit, let's say an intervention is three days, right? Three or four days. In During that time, I will make sure, and behind the scenes, the team and I have worked out how to make sure that everybody has time to incubate thinking and individual reflection. There's such a lot of that that needs to go on that doesn't happen in business. People just need time to think about things. That's why I believe I'm satisfied that brainstorms don't work, you know, quick after lunch, everybody come up with ideas to solve the business. It's just, it's not going to happen. They don't sit there at work having epiphanies instantly. So why should it happen on a forced project? So time for people to think and digest what's been heard during the interventions. So we, in, overnight thinking homeworks is, is a particular tactic. Then I make sure that everybody has worked in pairs or groups of three so that they can hear their colleagues and calibrate their colleagues' reactions to things. And they can then work out how they're thinking in comparison to other people. So I think lots and lots of pair work is good. Then there's group works, and by group I mean four or five people, anything bigger than four or five. It's one person's talking, everybody else is listening, isn't it? Just think of a, an intimate dinner party. You wouldn't or two sofas next to each other with four or five people on it is a perfect size because everyone's sharing the air. But anything bigger than that, it's... It's a lecture. It's not. Exactly. And then those lecture pieces, those set pieces, that where broadcast information is given to the team, a few of those at the start and end of each day to kind of set the scene, some things up or give important instruction for all. When the hippos are in the room and they are engineered so that their journey is individual reflection, pair work in groups, and they are part of the process from the inside, that I think that goes a long way to let them feel welcome. A lot of people go, oh, the problem with leaders, they walk in a room and everybody clams up. Well, I think, well, what's it like for the leader? Everybody walks in the room and everybody (laughs) clams up. That's just awful for them, isn't it? So we can break down those perceived hierarchies and social awkwardnesses by just giving clear instructions and say, everybody is welcome on this particular part, the problem solving process in your groups. I want person A to do this and person B to do that and then swap over. It doesn't matter what part of the business you're from, you're not going to carry into that particular situation, anything that's going to hinder the process. So clear instruction, mix things up. And then if there is a senior that does need to say something, then it's, it's framed in a way where he or she has like a fireside chat at the start of the project, and everybody can just get all those questions out, get their voice into the room earlier, then they're released from any issues, aren't they exactly just yeah, just thinking carefully about the design of your intervention will really mitigate a lot about any perceived um behaviours or or actions of a leader will have on other people.
1: It's a nice segue into sort of the leadership start questions. What do you think the meaning of leadership is?
0: Crikey, the meaning of leadership. Oh. I'm going to. If I could put it down into a cheesy word, I would say inspire. Perfect. And I'm thinking, when I have, I'm thinking of the differences when I have been led and managed, down back in, in back in the day. I've had lots of managers and a handful of leaders, and the leaders I would I would stay up late at night for, or get up early for and crossed town by foot until my blisters were in my shoes because I was inspired to help them. And he or she had bestowed upon me the expectation that something great was within me, that I thought was leadership. I, I'm just, I've become something bigger than I am because of you, was the impact that a leader had on me. And when that wasn't there, I realised I was being managed, you know, don't do this. Say that. Follow. It was just instructions, and, and that that sense of autonomy had been taken away from me, or I had lost autonomy, and I had decided to take it away from other people. I think. I think the impact of a leader is makes someone else feel so much more than uh, what they feel without them.
1: It's perfect. Yeah, that's one that I think the difference between leadership and management is so vital. When I, I think there's a lot of people that. That think they're a leader but then they can't they can't even manage to manage yeah and i think the more and more that we move towards like a hybrid world some people working in some people working out of the office i think yeah. leaders are going to have to be made and managers are going to have to sort of become coaches and mentors and if they can't they shouldn't be a manager
0: yeah i can't see the 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 the, the evolved world needing much management mm-hmm managers i think there'll be a need for a lot more leadership to set the parameters of what what's expected and what can and can't be done but how you get there that's over to you you know i think that that's the that's leadership territory isn't it whereas management i think is yeah following the following process and ticking boxes and making sure that checks and balances have been spotted but yeah that's a glass of wine conversation definitely
1: do you Obviously, you said inspire is a great leadership trait. Do you think there's any others that stand out from all of your your experience and years with different leaders and different companies?
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm sharing traits. Not, I wouldn't never say I'm a good leader. I think I'm awful actually. But I'm thinking my answer is based on people that I've, are leaders I've seen in in projects mm. and workshops, and I've seen hundreds, right? Because they're often there at the start well the good ones are there at the start middle and end of all these exactly. projects and people are you know bouncing off them and watching their behavior so i've i've observed masses of leaders i think the, the ones that i remember they laugh they have a sense of humor they don't they, they don't take things seriously they certainly don't take themselves seriously because they can see that this is all life's rich tapestry and that they're 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 not going to um please everybody in order every day. I remember one leader said oh, because I've got so many people asking me for things I have to make a conscious decision who is it that I'm unfortunately going to upset that day and let them know before the day mm. begins. That's <laughs> just to have that human understanding, what I thought was 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 amazing. It's a sense of humor, that sense of empathy, that awareness of their own impact on other people. The ability, I think, for, to be reflective about their actions, I think is, makes a great leader and reflexive, you know, change, change their plan in the moment. Um, great storytellers, people, I think, remember stories about people. So when Jenny did this and when Sue did that, and when Claire did this, it's not about when my company got like companies are made of people. So I think great leaders tell stories about people and often you can you can infer, or I've decided to infer that they're, they're telling stories about their own personal struggles. Yeah, humor, storytelling, honesty, and and the ability just to go, do you know what I fucked up? Then one hundred percent. Sorry, guys. Like that that genuine fall- fallibility. and you can see when that's trying to be forced, and because they've read a book about be be yourself, so they go, oh, I'll do something wrong deliberately and try and be authentic, and it's just rubbish. <laughs> you can spot that a mile off, can't you?
1: This- um, there's definitely leaders that that lean into certain traits, and there's others that will read it in a book and believe it. They have to wear it, and they have to, yeah. you know, they have to be seen to experience it. But whether they truly believe it or not, I don't know. I think that's the difference between authentic leaders and bad managers.
0: Well, you can just sm- you can just I think you can just smell it instantly. There's some, oh, you just walk into a a coffee shop, you and I before the recording, we were talking about coffee, yeah. weren't we? And you just walk into a sort of independent coffee shop, you get a sense of the place, you get a sense of the vibe instantly, and it's not one thing, is it? It's many things, and I guess you'd have to pull it apart. Maybe it's the temperature, or the lighting, or the the sound, or the proximity of the furniture. But it's the same with a leader, you just, you can just pick up whether this person in seconds is someone that you want to follow or believe or even if they're clumsy and a bit awkward with their language you can just sense their intent and I can't I can't imagine someone can fake intent for a long time without being spotted so those are the leaders that, that have inspired me the ones that are just cons- totally consistent with what they do and it's not all reassuring or overly worked or professional. They're just they're just people I want to hang out with and think, oh, if I saw you on the other side of the street, I'd wave at you and I want to run over and say hello. I think that's a good measure, isn't it?
1: I think the most charismatic leaders or the best leaders are ones that you, you would make time for. So if they say, have you got a minute? You would make a minute or five minutes. And if there's an opportunity just to hang out with them, You'd, and you'd learn so much from them if it's a true leader i think if you wouldn't make the time for them and you don't feel like you would follow them exactly what you said yeah i think that's not that's the true sign for me of a leader like when you when you think of like a leader is there one that springs to mind to you like it doesn't have to you don't have to name names or or if there's someone famous or from history is there like one leader
0: oh well, no i well, I've never. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cite some famous historical figure who I've never met and apparently did this because these are the these are the documents written about them. No, I'll I'll go close to home. Like i I'm, I'll um, my old boss. Let's just do initials JT. So he typified the description you've just given, and I remember one day. Walking past the office, and it was a glass door office, you know, those sort of corner offices where it's all like I can, I could see was up to his eyeballs and paperwork or something. And he had that don't come in energy about him. But me being me, I opened the door or tapped on the door. I went, You got five, you got five minutes, like this. Held my hand up five minutes, and he kind of looked at his watch and shook his head. But then he, he caught my eye again and said, Come in, come in, come in. And he said, What is it? I said, Oh, you know, have you got five minutes? Not really. But two hours later, we were still mm-hmm. talking and we had left the office and we were walking around the streets of London talking out this particular issue. And it had just happened, looking back on it. It it just happened. And it, what was incredibly important to him two hours ago had vanished. And I was made to feel the most important person in the world. I thought that was a brilliant piece of leadership looking back on it, but it just felt natural. And it was only later in the day I realised that he'd given up such a lot on his plate that morning to deal with me, and I wondered if other people would have had the same experience. I thought, I thought that that's what leadership is to me. When you just sort of swept up in it all, was a, uh, he was a good boss. Do,
1: do you think that if you would have gone back and needed another five minutes, would he would he have made it?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it always had, and it was interesting because I think. Deliber- I, uh, deliberately, I wanted to minimise the amount of time that I had with him because he said, no, you, you're in this organisation, I want this to happen. How you do it is up to you. You know, a couple of rules, don't do this, don't do that. <laughs> it has to be legal, ethical and compliant. But other than that, away you go. Well, I respond really well to that piece of freedom. So I didn't want to keep asking permission all the time. And I'd, I'd send a little weekly email at the end of the week saying, these are the things that I've done this week. Don't expect to reply. It's a little one pager. And so I I wanted to keep my effort on his world quite light. So when I did tap on the door and said, have you got five minutes? I guess he might have inferred that it was important. So a two way thing perhaps.
1: When I think of leaders in the past or one that is a leader, there's a couple of people, I wouldn't say there's a couple of people I've worked with and around and for and they were very deliberate in crafting the environment around them the people around them and they were you know they had only had one business before and it was it was their own business and they would hire people very deliberately on what they would add and how they could improve people around them and yeah. for me that's what leadership a leader sort of springs out to be even if it's a leadership team and they knew their strengths and weaknesses i wonder if you think what a weakness in a in a leader is is important? Not necessarily showing it all the time, but do you think being able to recognise weakness is a is a leadership strength or a trait that that people should have?
0: Yeah, that, like know thyself, that kind of personal insight, your 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 fallibilities, your your limits. We call it we call them weaknesses, don't we? our strengths and weaknesses, but. We, we can't all be brilliant at everything, going back to that graphic equaliser. We can't all be 10 on everything, can we? Because then everything's distorted. It can't be right. It can't be sustained. I think a good leader has that self-awareness to know where his or her limits are. I can't think about I can't speak on behalf of others. I know I'm not... When I've got a picture in my head about things done, I'm not necessarily that communic- communicative or the playmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I've I've got this picture in my head, I know all the details, let's just go. Just follow my like Rrr. it's I'm Mr. Control Freak. But it's because I've got a set of standards and I don't want to slow down and explain it to others. <laughs> I think that makes me very good at leadership because I'd constantly be leading people behind because they'd be in the dark. But it's only because I've I've been given loads of feedback and done all of those tests that show me where that particular dark spot is but I know that there's no point in me working actively to outbalance that dark spot because it might be at the sacrifice of something else so I work with people in the team who are very good at uh, bringing other people along and, and taking the time to explain what's going on behind the scenes so I think a, a good leader would perhaps fill in the blanks with the team around them he says with his voice going up because he's not quite
1: sure. I think if you, um, I 100 percent agree. Like if the leaders can't fill in the blanks, they probably don't know what it is or what the team needs to connect to. And I think bad communication is the worst type of of trait within a leader. Yeah. And interestingly, I think if you don't if you know you're not the best communicator, there's loads of ways to bring different communicators in there. As long as you can explain it and storytell a little bit and then other people can fill in the blanks. If you know yes. you're bad at it, then you're on your way to be a better leader. But yeah, I completely agree. Was it something you said leads me on to another question is, you know, why why help businesses and people? Obviously, there's a, there was a, a monetary point, but is there something that sprung out to you? That thought, I need to help more businesses or I need to help these leaders inspire their people?
0: Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to get a, I believe I'm going to be a better person um, and a better consultant, a better facilitator if I get given stretchier projects each time. There was this fascinating book I read years ago called The Ingenuity Gap. I think it was written by a Canadian. God, it's going to bother me now. Thomas Homer Dixon, there you go. Got it. Boom. and he talked about, there's this growing gap between the complexity in business and the, just the wider world, humanity's innate genius. We've created these amazing systems, but our ability to solve a problem when those systems falls down has been diminished as a result. So we're, we're, he opens the book by talking about a plane that's trying to land and something goes wrong and the pilots don't know what, what to do. The system is so complicated And when it doesn't work, everyone's at a loss on what Mm. to do. And then he sort of cites about architecture and engines, quite engineering, but he, he sort of talks about society as well. And I, I, I see that in, in business, we have made such a lot of needless complexity and apparently complexity grows by a small percentage year on year, inevitably in business. And yet, we're still not giving people the basic skills in how to pull apart a problem, how to explain it to other people, how to re-express it in a way that other people can get attached to it, how to navigate thinking in such a way you can tell the difference between a thought and an idea, how to, how to judge an idea or how to build an idea and separate the two mindsets. All of these skills aren't taught in school or college or at work, and I think our role or my role is I can become a better person and a better problem solver if I help other people do that. He who teaches learns, I think is the adage. And, and the, there's no reason in 2021 we should be living like the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Back to the Future? And he went forward into time to 2015 or 2005 or something like, where's my hoverboards? Where's my flying cars? We're, we should be here now but we're not, and there's no reason for us all to be upset and stressed, And but we are. We're working longer hours than ever before, where we're, the average lunch is something like 19 minutes. That's just appalling, isn't it? We need apps on our phone to help us sleep. Crikey, that's, that's, that's a bit scary, isn't it? And I, it's not that I would like to reverse the world and take it back to the Georgian era, but I think I'd like to simplify it think i'd like to help people get a sense of balance um don't know how well that's answering your question dan i confess i've forgotten it actually i think i'm just talking about what put me on the earth but i just genuinely i get a thrill about seeing other people make connections and i think that's why i started life as a teacher because i i wanted to be part of that moment when kids go aha because i that that cliche is true, but I left teaching for a bunch of reasons. But when I left, I could see six formers just type questions into a search search engine. I thought that's not a way to solve a problem. That doesn't make sense. And and it's the same in business. I see a lot of really smart people just get trip over the simplest of things. I think we we've all got that innate ability to solve problems. That's where the name came from, by the way genius box it's, I believe that the people in the business are the genius and the box I suppose is the metaphor for their office walls or their particular challenge we're here to release that and I believe that there's a, there's a need for that in the world and I can do that with my kids at the weekend I can do it with my my friends and loved ones I can do it with my my colleagues and my clients and it's a really nice way to live making new connections
1: was there a negative story or like an aha moment that made you just realise this is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing?
0: There wasn't a
1: a moment.
0: I, there wasn't, oh, I quit on Friday and start Genius Box on Monday. That didn't happen. I don't believe that that just happened. It, it happened over a period of about a year. I was getting up, let's say, six in the morning to walk. This was my commute. Lots of people have emphasised this. You get up, go for a walk to get the bus. The bus would get you to the tube. The tube would take you to another tube, and then I'd have a choice about getting the bus or do the last bit walking again. So it was two hours there, two hours back. So four hours every day commuting, and it was in the dark. So I was up. I'd get up in the dark and go to bed in the dark. And at the time, my daughter was only a few months old, and I would only see her at eleven pm at night for the night feed and then at the weekend and i think that was a turning point so i'm literally this voice that she hears this sort of warm skinny temperature at 11 o'clock as well that was my only contact and i thought i don't want to work in order to live like this for her so that was in the background there was also i'm working very hard for other people I would like to work hard for me. So there was the selfish economic thing. There was the, my career, it's not that it's plateaued, but I'm only gonna be doing more and more of what I'm doing. And I I wanted to stretch myself, variety. And my clients were asking me to do things that the businesses I worked for weren't going to deliver under their current brand and proposition, but I knew that I could. So lots of things all all came to a head and I got very good at making lists then you know the hue we, we like balancing lists don't yes. we so I had pros and cons lists on the spare room yep. wall at home and I'd everything would just equaled out um and eventually I went well this is silly I've just got to make a decision here otherwise all I'm going to do is get resentful and make lists so my wife and I sort of chucked it in on the same day and um
1: and went for it I think there's such an inspiring story because a lot of people just don't don't have that don't do that anymore I think years, I know it's a bit harder to get jobs and whatever else and I think some people would never even think about it but in 2021 in the non-Jetson world that we live in (laughs) it it should be that you can uh, carve this out the advice I give people is get six months money behind you make sure that you're active; that you speak to people. You can always take them out for a virtual coffee or coffee in person, etc. But I don't think there's enough people that really consider that as an option anymore, and they don't. Their confidence's been knocked out of them, so they can't go yeah. and do that. And they've been so busy with another workplace, they think it's going to be as hard or harder for themselves.
0: Don't waste a good crisis, I would say to your listeners. Right, and you don't stop. Here I am all worthier and higher than thou with all my advice. But I didn't build a website. I didn't have a website for about 18 months. You know, I didn't have a, I didn't have an email for 18 months. I had a telephone number and no stationery, but I had a client. I started with a client. I had one, like, it was the Jerry Maguire moment, you know, when he leaves the office and he's got a bag of fish for him and takes his one client, Ron Tidwell, and goes for it. That was what I had, I went, well, I've got this one client. That means that this one client's going to get 100% of my time, all the time. What, you know, what do you want? How can I help? Here's my telephone number, let's go. And I I built from there. So the proposition and the products and the services, it came from that one client that introduced me to another client and so on and so forth. Incredibly important parts of that business growing journey. And only then when we had a story to uh, tell do you build a website, get some business cards and some stationery? But to this day, one in 11 years, I've had one email on the website. Hello, we've come across your website. do <laughs> Like One in 11 years. So, no, there's no need to. I, I don't lose a lot of sleep about my website
1: presence. If you don't get a word of mouth referral. Yeah, it's word of
0: mouth. I li- just get on the phones, speak to people.
1: It's completely related every product that you love you'll recommend it so obviously it's not going to be recorded everywhere but you go and tell as many people as possible that you've had a brilliant experience or you love the product or that you'll wear it you know a logo on your t-shirt or yeah a cap that you wear or a drink that you drink that's yours it's a part of your identity and if you don't refer it no one else will so i think word of mouth is such an important part it's
0: 100 percent to a small audience i think is surely better than Huge audience where there's a, 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 a no no recommendation. It's just noise. Yeah. If you took me aside and said, Andy, please read this book. It's amazing. I'd do so.
1: I've got some quick fire questions if you don't mind.
0: Yes. Let's go. Quick fire round. Do I need to rub myself down in deep heat?
1: Maybe afterwards.
0: No one knows what deep heat is, do they? <laughs> These are all the references that we do on workshops. You know. I've referenced Phil Collins Graphic Equalizers and Deep Heat Back to the Future and everything I'm stuck in the 80s I think
1: at least at least it's one of those things that uh, when the podcast comes out and they're supporting a blog at least I can reference them and have imagery and videos of it
0: yeah it's brand it's brand
1: well it's cool again right it's like 30 40 years ago 30 years ago so it's circular
0: well I've still got my cassettes and um those Dunlop Green Flash. <laughs> do you remember Dunlop? You do gym. And Dunlop Green Flash. You have severe ankle injuries, but these things cost like eight pounds back in the day. How much is a pair of Dunlop Green Flash now on the internet? I think I'll
1: find it. The golas are like. Flash. You remember gola
0: <clears throat> Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: they're yeah. now like a hundred quid. <laughs> and they used to be about twenty quid, didn't they?
0: Yeah. And you'd pick out this. And you'd pick out the logo because you want to look cool. <laughs>
1: That's leadership for you. Where will the people wear?
0: Yeah. All the people. Exactly. All the people. Right. Come on then. Let's do, let's do
1: quick, quick fire. fire. Content corner, as yeah. I call it. Is there one book oh. you'd recommend to read and what would it be?
0: Oh, crikey. I'm a huge reader. Where do I start? I, d- I tell you what, the, I've just put one down and I've made reference to it already in a few client emails. It's, uh it's called The Nine Lies at Work, and it's by Marcus Buckingham. I nearly said Lindsay Buckingham, but he's the guitarist in Fleetwood Mac. Marcus Buckingham, he's an ex gallop guy, and it's The Nine Myths of Work, I think, or The Nine Lies at Work. It's brilliant. It blows a few myths up about culture and leadership and assessment. It's really smartly written, it's got good science, and it's written in a kind of it, he's, he's quite, quite passionate. So, um, I'd, I'd recommend that, that's a really good book
1: Awesome, is there one podcast you'd recommend to listen to? Uh,
0: other than this one uh, other than my own uh, <laughs> I listen, when I go to the gym because I can't run anymore because my knees hurt so I listen to Eat, Sleep, Work Repeat by Bruce Daisley they're about 30 minutes or 40 minutes and it's not necessarily Bruce that I listen to but it's the people he interviews, some really sharp characters there and then, again, it's just lots of questions and propagate. I always walk away thinking, um, that was really interesting. I must look that person up. Or I hadn't thought about that before. Mm. Well, that's a good podcast. So thank you, Bruce, for making that oh, up. Yeah, I advocate
1: for, for Bruce's podcast and having spoke speak at an event, same event a couple of times. He's uh, very good in person as well. Is there one newsletter that you'd recommend subscribing to?
0: Uh, Definitely yours. Thank you very much. Next is there another one uh i haven't subscribed to actually other um news feeds i packed it's distractions mm. isn't it i'm such a I get distracted like a butterfly in the in the wind but joking aside yours is very good it's anything that's sort of edited away if i get stuck for inspiration I'll i'll ping an email out to my network and go what have you read seen experienced or watched recently that's worth me having a butcher's, and you'll get flurry of responses. So I think my my newsletter subscription is ask ask the people in the network.
1: That's exactly what a newsletter basically should be, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there like a video that you'd recommend everyone to watch? So it could be work, could be fun, could be, could be mad, sad, glad.
0: Um, is it a uh, family guy? There's this brilliant sketch. Just if you type in songs... Beginning with S in YouTube, and Stewie the character is writing a song for Susie, and Brian just tramples all over his idea. It's hilarious. It's just, it's just that's work all over. It's an insight. I think it's the insight of human life. That's why Family Guy is such a piece of genius. But please look that one up.
1: Uh, and last two, your number one piece of advice for people, or for you know businesses,
0: uh, if you, it's a Mark Twain quote. And it's, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything.
1: That is one of my favourite ones that I like to put on on internal conferences.
0: And the reason it, it, uh, the the story behind that was when I was um, working in a college, the head, the college tutor, who would have all sorts of people coming to his door, of of that, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds, Lord knows what's going on in their world. All sorts of things. The college tutors would have to deal with and on Pete's door, was a, was that quote saying if you tell the truth you don't have to remember anything and I I I thought if you were sixteen or seventeen and you were fessing up stuff that was going on for you or it was a particular issue at home or whatever and you saw that above above your college tutor, I think that might have been a great help and it just stuck with me. And my the times in the past Dan when I have not behaved that particular but sorry, honoured that particular mantra, um, my sins have caught me out. So I think it's a good um it's a good philosophy for life. That one. Is there three things that
1: happen in or three common themes that happen in your workshops that you think people should try and proactively work for or against?
0: What th- three things we do that pe- people can steal?
1: Yeah, or or just three outcomes that happen that happens at almost every time. So is it like a, th- a theme?
0: Oh, so you you will always get from our workshop projects and programs. You will always learn something new about yourself personally i can guarantee that because we'll 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 do things about the heart and the head that you just won't know so that's number one you will learn something new about business and that's not it won't come from us it will come from your colleagues so you'll definitely learn something new and insightful about your business and the third thing that you will always work, uh, always uncover on a project with us is that you will learn something new about the customers you serve because of the creative process that we'll go through. We'll uncover something new that you didn't know about them before. I can guarantee those three
1: things. Perfect. And is there one lesson or learning that you've taken from the pandemic forward?
0: Oh, yes. Uh, Don't waste a good crisis. Like, get busy. Get a Busy Moving. that Shawshank? Get Busy Moving or Get Busy Dying? I can't remember. Another film reference for you. My whole life is full of film nostalgia.
1: Best movie of all time, in my opinion.
0: Best movie of all time. I burnt my legs yesterday thinking about that. You know when they're tired I was the just thinking that, yeah. Early on in the movie, yeah. It was a very sunny day yesterday. I was up on my house painting it, mm. painting one of the walls white, and I'd spent such a lot of time up in the sun there. I didn't pay attention to where the sun was and I burned the back of my legs. I look like two lobsters <laughs> from the waist down. I get busy, get busy moving like just don't, I. the pandemic of course you know it's been good and bad for everyone but I have, um, I look back on this time and go oh, I'm really glad we did the things as a family we did during the pandemic and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that we experimented with a few things back in the business during the pandemic because I don't think under ordinary circumstances I would have made the time to have done so. So I embraced it as a welcome break. Had to, chose to, needed to.
1: That was brilliant. Is there places that people can look you up or connect with you or drop me an email?
0: Yeah, so find me at andy at com. You'll put links. Oh, well, uh, look,
1: all of the ones yeah. that you talk around will share.
0: It's yeah, find, um, find us at the website and you too can be, I'll wait another 11 years for someone to hit us on the website. So LinkedIn's a good place, find me there, have a little snoot around the email